0: On this episode of The Stack, we talk about local marketing with Google My Business, Shopify website optimization, and Facebook marketing tools. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Stack. Today is October 15th, and we're here for episode number 71. I am your co-host, Ryan Sylvester, and I am joined by...
1: I feel like it has to go the other way around. Okay, go ahead.
2: Okay, well, I'm Kelsey Miller.
1: And I'm Tim Stabersky.
0: Kelsey and Tim have switched seats. None of you can see it because we don't have video yet. But But yeah. I just
1: I feel like it, it always has to go counterclockwise in my mind for some I, reason. I guess
2: just like we do our stand-ups in the morning, we always have to go. Yeah.
1: yeah. In a it's fun. So
0: every morning we have a morning meeting, which is a quick stand-up, and we all it's like college or high school where you have an assigned An unassigned assigned Ah, seat. I was not sure where you were going with this. We all stand in the same spot every day. Um, That's just
1: because I'm I'm lazy and I stand in the spot closest to my desk. (laughs) True. Very true.
0: Um, So today we have a few things on deck. The first thing is a guide to Google Maps marketing what local businesses need to know.
1: What do local businesses need to know, Ryan? Well, local
0: businesses should have a Google My Business listing. The fact... That some businesses don't have one blows my mind. Go ahead, Kelsey. I
2: agree. Oh, okay. You need to have it.
0: <laughs> so for me, I don't know if you guys do this the same way that I do, and I might just be weird, but all of my research, like if I'm going to look up a restaurant to see what time they're open, I never go to Google search to go to their website. I always go to Google Maps. Really? I never I do that, so- Okay, so Unless I, I'm in my...
1: No, even if I'm in my
0: car, you should start with Google search. I use Google Maps like a search engine. And I don't know how many people are out there because, I mean, one out of three of us does that. I don't know how many other people do it, but I own. I, I, it's the fastest way to get information about a business. Because what a Google My Business listing does, it, it aggregates all of the important information that's scattered across a site. For instance, images, usually in a header, maybe a blog post even if you have high-res images. Mm-hmm.
1: And, well, just to, to be fair, so the information that you're talking about being pulled in Google Maps from Google My Business is still populated in Google Search. It is, Search. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same information. That's right. what I, like, I'm like. I'm I'm leveraging Google My Business specifically through Google Search, but it is right. the same information, right? Like I'm and, not go, I'm not going through the websites, uh, to the like the restaurant's website,
0: right? And um, to be fair, the information is pulled or is put there manually.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but from so. I cut out the middleman. I don't even start with Google search. Like, I'll just search restaurants or bars or whatever I need to find. And it just brings in like things from the about page. It brings in pictures. It brings in reviews. Like, I know immediately from going to one place exactly what I'm going to get. So instead of trying to search for Italian restaurants near me, maybe you don't have any kind of organic uh, presence. You're buried at the bottom. But instead, if you had a Google My Business listing, you might pop up in the. Featured snippet or the the carousel or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. yeah. at the top, and then I'll go and explore your site and find out that you have the best risotto,
1: and I will come and eat at your restaurant. So here's here's a one one more question for you. When you say you use Google Maps mm-hmm. as a search engine to find restaurants, you mean you use it when you don't have a restaurant in mind?
0: It could be anything.
1: Well, like, like yeah, I, when I'm well, I thought you meant like searching for a restaurant's name. Because I, if I search for the restaurant's name, I would go to Google.
2: Right. Like if you already have something in mind. But yeah,
1: no. If, if you're talking specifically about finding a new restaurant that's near you. I am talking about
0: both. I do, it, I do it for everything. Like if I want to know how late there's a place down the street from my house, I never know when it's open or when it's closed. I'll do it in Google Maps. I never go to their website. You're a weird really? cat. That's but it's right there. So... Think think about the workflow. You go to you open up Google Chrome. You exactly, search for they called it a workflow. You search for <laughs> the Red House in Deep River. Then you have to go to their website. Then you have to go to their their hamburger nav. Then you have to go to their contact page to figure out what, what time it's open. I just search for it in Google Maps and it's right there. Well, I mean,
1: ideally, it would be populated in the Google My Business listing. I mean, I just Ideally for if they have
2: it. Southtown up east. Casual. <laughs> and it's right there. Everything is pulled into our
0: your listing. But, yeah.
1: But if you didn't have a Google My Business that's the point. listing. Right. Exactly. It wouldn't that's, be there. that's the point.
0: Right. So there's a lot of things that you should be thinking about when setting up your Google My Business listing. It's really fast and i I pulled in a quote here. What does it say? Google handles about three point five billion searches per day and accounts for nearly eighty eight percent of all mobile searches. Local Google searches also directly translate into sales with seventy-six percent of those searching local products visiting a store within the day so it's immediate roi almost oh, immediate yeah. yeah so setting up your google my business listing will take a few minutes even if you really take your time there's a couple places to put like descriptions uh, a category you can upload photos yes i gifts. will say
2: there's one area that it takes a little bit of time and if you don't have if you have a PO box, it's a bit difficult. Mm. Um, this is a problem that we ran into with our uh, my family's restaurant. Um, we don't have a mailbox in our plaza. We we use a PO box, mm. so to get your their your address confirmed, it's a little bit trickier. Yeah, in some of those cases, and they they so they send you a postcard. That's how they confirm that uh, your business is you know at that exact location, and that's where it could be a little bit tricky. Other than that.
0: There's no excuse. Yeah. So that's a good differentiator too, right? So it does take a little time Mm -hmm. to get it all verified and confirmed and up and running. And Google does do a quick scan of the images that you're uploading to make sure that, you know, follow the guidelines, whatever. But to get that initial ball rolling is quick.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: So if you ever need help, again, like always, let us know. The second thing on our list today is titled Shopify SEO, The Guide to Optimizing Shopify. This comes from Christopher Long for the Moz blog. I've been working with Shopify, I don't even remember how long, probably... About a year and a half. It's almost a year now. Yeah. It's almost a year. And when we first started, it was my first exposure to (laughs) Shopify and they had recently made some changes, so... This guide is huge, and I'm only going to talk about a section of it. And primarily what I want to talk about is duplicate content. So by default, Shopify is creating multiple URLs for one product. The reason is because you can use those URLs to create a collections page. You can use those URLs to create variations of your product page. There's like tons of different little things you can do. The problem is it leaves your site just littered with duplication. So there's two main things that I want to point out. I pulled in a quote here. Actually, it's not really a quote. Uh, When auditing your existing Shopify site, make sure you have proper canonical tags in place to let Google know which uh, product pages should be given the most authority. Shopify links to non-canonical pages by default. So what's happening is... Which is weird. Which is weird, of course. But what we found is... How do I explain this? So you can have a collection of microphones. You you sell microphones. You have a collections page of expensive microphones. Once you click on a product from that collections page, your URL will become collections/slash expensive microphones/slash product/slash microphone one. What the the problem is that Google is only passing authority to product slash microphone one page. That is how it should be set up, but it's creating those multiple pages in order for you to do exactly that, create those collections pages.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, with all e-commerce websites, there's a lot of ways that you can slice and dice your products into those different collections, um, and it's just, it's helpful for you, and it's helpful for the user, and it's helpful for navigation to have those multiple pathways, Excellent. but it's really confusing when you're looking at analytics or you're looking at link authority and and domain uh, you know equity and, and whatnot and you see five versions of the same URL right
0: mm-hmm. so that's why I bring up one being canonicalization you want to make sure those proper tags are in place the second most important thing is redirects so a lot of sites maybe you're you have a sale for a certain amount of time and then you're discontinuing that product That page is still going to be there once you're done and you're selling out of all that stuff. But cleaning up, redirecting these old pages, maybe someone linked to it on an external site or from, you know, whatever it may be. Putting these redirects in place, making Google purge those URLs from the index is super important. And it's going to keep you happier because you're not going to be swimming through a bunch of, you know,
1: I don't know. I, I like the ridiculous. You're doing right I know
0: now. I'm trying. I'm trying to. You're, you're, you're turtling. That's I didn't want. I didn't want to <laughs> swear. I was. Gonna, you know. Just you don't. You're gonna have a lot less of a mess of URLs. Is what I want to say.
1: It's also just good for your your user. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been considering purchasing <clears> from a site, done a Google search, you you found what I believe to be the product I am looking for, and I click on it, and then it's sold out discontinued yep, whatever right. and i get so mad i i just from from a personal principle standpoint i refuse to purchase from them i will find something <laughs> elsewhere because i'm just mad like yeah. do your job and clean it up yeah,
0: yeah no it's a big issue and
1: there's sorry that was kind of aggressive no. <laughs> it was a bit aggressive <laughs> i get really passionate about things that inconvenience me
0: there's one other thing that they put a big emphasis on in this in this It's it's a guide this is a really really good guide if you have a shopify website is the importance of title tags, meta descriptions. We all know picking a targeted keyword, doing the keyword research, finding out what people are searching for is really important. A lot of the times, because, you know, people are so used to WordPress or maybe they started on a WordPress, Yoast is not available for Shopify. So you're they have a built-in. I
1: didn't realize that. It's,
0: yeah, it's not available, mm-hmm. but it's built-in. But a lot of people miss it, and you want to make sure you're filling that out, doing the research, figuring out what people are looking
1: for. Shopify makes it, and we'll call it Spotify again, Shopify makes it really, I don't want to say difficult, but they they don't give the meta description section mm-hmm. the styling and the importance that it needs. So people do avoid the Same thing with alt text. It's really hard to know where to enter your alt text for a photo if you're not doing it all the time. Like it, it's so easy to yeah. to just overlook. You can't it. do
0: it on the page. You have to do it before you place the image.
1: And it's not it's not once you know what you're looking for that's fine, but again if you're going from WordPress where it's pretty obvious when you upload a photo like mm-hmm. there's there's the field, it's very yep. clear what it is. Yep. You know it's important. I'm going from that to something where you, I don't know. It's everything's obscure. Here's the other there's thing a that's gonna of make confusion. you
0: yeah, and, and there's more confusion. You can't <laughs> update your robots.txt on a Shopify oh, no. website. Really? You also have to place a noindex tag in your theme code for the page. Also, like for I'm for, not sure what you mean by that. So you can't in WordPress, if you have Yoast, like everyone has Yoast you can quickly no-index a page. It's yeah. a drop-down. It's easy. Yep.
1: Oh, you're saying you're saying if you want to no-index a page, you have to do so from within the theme file. For within the code. I see. Okay.
0: So for someone who is having a problem saying, I have all these dead-end pages, blah, 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 it's likely that they're not going to know these types of things. So if you really wanted to no-index a page, to edit your liquid code is going to be pretty, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't even know. It, it's it's going to be scary. Oh, oh, yeah. Intimidating. Super intimidating. intimidating. Yep, that's that's what I was yeah. looking for. So if you do have a Shopify website, if you find yourself in this predicament, read this guide, and hopefully it will answer your questions if it doesn't. Then Ryan will answer Ryan all of your can. questions. Just try. Twitter him directly. Twitter. God. Twitter at him. So it was a short news week.
1: Wait. What? We have another? More. And then there's Tim. Oh, Tim has one. <laughs> oh, my bad. So this is an announcement from Facebook uh, specifically. It's called opening our offices to small businesses around the world. It's an announcement from the Facebook newsroom written by Michelle Klein, VP of global business marketing. And I mean, there's a lot in here. What, What essentially what this is is an announcement of some new marketing tools that Facebook's launching for small businesses that do a lot of selling through Facebook specifically with, the upcoming holiday season in mind there's i there's a ton of of stuff in here they're releasing some new customizable templates that you can use for your um, what they're calling holiday creative which Mm -hmm. essentially just your ads yeah Um, there's some new features for managing communications with your customers which i'm i'm really excited about one of which is That they are rolling out some new desktop messaging from within Instagram, which is really helpful for the small business, those small businesses who use Instagram to directly talk with their customers. I don't care how much you live on your phone, it is so much less efficient to type a long message with your thumbs on a tiny screen than it is to use a keyboard at a sit down computer.
2: I'm going to have to agree with you there. There's just,
1: there's, there's True. no debate. Yeah. So if you spend your entire day, if, if you are a customer communications liaison and your primary communication channel is Instagram, this is, it could double your efficiency. You can, you can facilitate more sales and, and just uh, make more customers happier in less time uh, with this single update, which I'm just thrilled with. <laughs> and then there's, uh, more tips and training to make your holiday marketing stand out. This I didn't I didn't see this one earlier. It looks like they're also just releasing a bunch of informational packets of sorts uh to help you guide your messaging, which I guess is cool. Yeah. Not super yeah. exciting, but it's there. It's there for you. One more resource.
0: Cool. Cool cool. Uh that brings us to the hey. app what? Oh, I said that. Uh. <laughs> that brings us to the app of the week. This week, we're introducing an app purely because of what Tim has done on this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, we should should have played that up a little bit more. Yeah. So bit. what is happening each week is that we have a considerable amount of ums coming from Tim's microphone. Not, not
1: every week, just a lot of the weeks. Just some, a lot. Some weeks. A lot of the weeks. This week's apparently last week there were was quite a, a few. Lot, yeah.
0: Apparently. Apparently. And now I am so of what I'm saying because I don't want to do it in this reading. <laughs> so I changed it from um to so, and this this app is Descript, and I used it really like, for, for a while trying to get out all the ums. It is amazing, and it's, really, it's, it's a really good tool for people that may be intimidated or worried about editing software and a lot of the things that we've been i've been publishing a couple podcast 101 kind of tutorial blog posts on our website recently and i mention adobe audition a lot which is a really powerful tool don't get me wrong but, but it's confusing as all hell it's confusing yeah. it takes a lot of upfront work training videos to get you up to speed descript i was
1: able to jump right in and start editing within minutes. And just to clarify, Descript is not a tool that specifically allows you, it was not specifically built to strip ums out of audio. Right. <laughs> it's used to bulk edit or, or, or very quickly edit text and re- you know strip things out that you don't want in your audio or to um, re- even, can it replace text? So yeah,
0: there there is a way, uh, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So you upload an MP4 file, or no, sorry, MP3 file. MP3 file, which is your basic audio file. You upload it to the Descript tool. You You can transcribe it, so it turns all of your audio into text, and you can edit it either through your audio, you know, like your WAV file, or you can just go right into the text and backspace, delete words, enter words. There is a way for the tool to train and learn your voice,
1: so if you really wanted to add in stuff, it would be really good about doing it. But I think it just, it's a matter of making... One, I think you just have to, there must be like, like when you train your Google Home yeah. to recognize your yeah. voice, there must yeah. be something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just be aware that it might not be perfect. So before you go, I don't know. Com- Ditching all of your other <laughs> stuff. Yeah, like make sure I, it actually yeah. sounds good. Before we'll always you just,
2: listen back before you post. Yeah, No,
0: I, I mean, that's that's good advice. I think that it's a really, really great tool because podcasting is so popular and still becoming more and more popular. This is, huge. And it's free. So if you're looking to start a podcast on a budget, you're like, oh, I don't want Buy a $300 it. microphone or a $200 mixer. And then I have to pay each month to have Adobe Audition. And it's confusing. You can sub that out and have Descript instead. So you can easily transcribe each episode. You can even turn this into a blog post and add another avenue for people to recognize your content. You can send this and share it with a group and collaborate, edit, and make changes that way.
1: it's the last one? Here's just a, I I haven't personally used the product, so I'm just going to ask Ryan questions that he may or may not know. <laughs> so if... In in the case of our podcast, we have three people, yeah, three separate microphones, technically three separate audio feeds. Is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. Tracks? What would it be like if you, if there was cross contamination of the, the words, like if, if I was picking up, if my microphone was picking up Kelsey, if we were cross talking, we were cross speaking.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a good,
0: I'm
1: just curious. Like, how does, how does the app treat that? So is that not an issue?
0: That's something that I haven't actually looked into because the way that we record our podcasts that isn't usually a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that you can record things on multiple tracks. And have the different recordings in Descript for us, because we continue to use Adobe Audition. We export one file, so when we upload it, it becomes one file. So if you have, you know, if, if you're bleeding over into another level or another track, rather, then that's something to look into. I can look into that. But I mean, it's not. I was just sorry. I mean, but if you, you if you curious. don't have that, it's really easy to just. Edit the text on the screen because you can. You don't have to look for the start and stop. That's one of the biggest problems for me. Like when I go and I am either editing for someone that's using the studio or even editing for ourselves if we want to take out a little blurb or or something like that. Finding that and finding the start and stop without the text to help is incredibly
1: hard and
0: time consuming.
1: Yeah, I think this 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 takes it
0: out of the takes it out of the equation.
1: It's it's awesome. This is gonna save so much time and effort on behalf of anyone who's looking to to start a podcast or record videos or do all of the above.
0: I'd love to use it at all times. (laughs) Just at all times. (laughs) Seriously, just just upload it right to the tool, but we'll see. Cool. Really cool. That brings us to the lightning round. Kelsey, you want to walk us through that?
1: Just ignore the first one because that's the one that I talked
2: about. Yeah, that's not supposed to. All right, so first up on our lightning round this week, five content trends for 2020 marketers should try using now. This comes from SearchEngineJournal.com. Um, b- Tim and I briefly talked about this earlier. Mm. It's not a lot of new stuff. A lot of um, emphasis on visual content, visual storytelling, my, importance of authority.
1: My big, my big reaction to this is a collective meh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this wasn't necessary.
0: Yeah, because they put such a big emphasis on yeah, it's EAT,
1: on- and then.
2: It's, it's just it's not
0: right. a these aren't trends,
1: it's just what good content should look like.
2: Exactly. It's more best, best practices, practices.
1: Yeah, for yeah. I mean that's not I don't know. It's just weird to me that they spun it into an article when <laughs> yeah. yeah. it don't to be.
2: Well anyway. Moving on. Uh Google Ads introduces two new ways to target users in Google search.
1: As our Google Ads guru. That was hard to say. Yeah. What's your take?
2: So I'm interested. The two new
1: uh, features.
2: Yep, features. <laughs> Two new features that they added in here are affinity audi- audiences, and they describe this as targeting by affin- affinity audiences will help advertisers raise awareness and drive consideration among those who have already demonstrated a strong interest in a given topic. So this is specifically being rolled out, I think, to help during the holiday season that's upcoming. Um, So people who are interested in black. Friday shopping, sales, things like that should this should help brands target those people specifically. Cool. Um, and then the other one is that they're also using seasonal event segments for in market audiences. Again, this is really leaning into the holiday time. I'll be interested to see how these work. You guys have any thoughts on these? I really,
0: really don't. I, I'm yeah. I'm not I mean, in Google Ads as much as I'd like to be. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess anything that is anything that offers another pathway to better target your your ads is good. But I yeah, as someone who doesn't regularly jump in there and make those adjustments, I don't know how helpful they'll be. I look forward to hearing your thoughts as you play around.
2: Yeah, so I look forward to actually seeing these in action in the tool. It'll be interesting to see how these are actually laid out in there, what kind of options we get. So that's something we'll be looking into moving forward.
0: Cool. Nice. Like that unison. <laughs>
1: uh, it anyways. happened earlier today, too. Oh, yeah. We yeah. We're
0: well, always in sync. I know. Tim we, and I are one. We love yeah. each other. Yeah. Anyways, if you like this episode, please let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, wherever you are listening to this. And we will send you some free stuff. Just uh, review us. Send us a picture of it. We'll send you a mug or a T-shirt in the mail. And we will come at you next week. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>